Welcome to Women Weekend, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from your past, from trauma, in relationships, from your childhood, from conditioning, to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and balance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced and been through most of the issues that I talk about on this show. On this guest episode, I welcome the tremendously funny Brendan Fitzgibbons. Brendan is the host of the Spiritual Asshole Podcast, a very popular, very awesome, fun podcast that puts a fun, lighthearted spin on the spiritual path and pursuit. On this episode, Brendan helps offer his own perspective and lens of men and sexuality and spirituality, the dynamic between men and women in dating, our own unique fears, hang-ups, setbacks. But most importantly, we talk about why it's best to really just be goblins. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Brendan. Welcome to the Wicked Podcast. Wow. A man is woken. (laughs) The man is ready to be woken. You have arrived. You are here. Are you ready? Are you ready to woken? To I'm ready to be woken up. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on, Brendan. Can you are uh, you're the spiritual asshole? I'm such an asshole. No, I am the host of the Spiritual Asshole Podcast. I've been doing it for oh my god, almost three years, and yeah, it's a positive and funny, humorous look at the world of self development and wellness. And we talk about everything. We go there. We're honest. By we, I mean me and my dog. There's no one else. I don't know why I keep saying we, (laughs) but yeah, it's great. So where did this come from? How did you become, I have a lot of questions. You're spiritual. Yeah, you're great at questions. You're also an asshole. What's going on? Well, it's funny because the name I thought was just catchy, but the more I thought about it, I was like, this actually kind of is what the premise of the podcast is, which is like spiritual meaning like a lot of people in this industry, they're very serious. So like that element of the podcast is definitely there, like a serious look at spirituality. And then the asshole is kind of like the funny side of it. So it's like combining both of those things. And I never like some, sometimes I'll like reach out to guests and they'll be like, you're not going to rip me the whole time. I'm like, what? That'd be fucking insane to be like, Hey, it's like, if you were having a party, you're like, come on over. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Like, that's, it's, it's not my goal. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I hate that stuff. So yeah. Everybody I've had on, I mostly love their work. There's some people I don't necessarily jive with more than others, or I think probably in the 140 people I've had on my podcast, I would say maybe a couple people I thought were a little bit of frauds, but everybody else, because yeah. that's a that's a really important stereotype that I think I would like to debunk more. Everyone's like, everybody in the self-help world is there just to, just to be cheapskates and steal from people. And I'm like, not cheapskates, but you know what I mean? Frauds. And I'm like, that's not, that's really not true. I don't believe that at all. Not all of them. They're there. It's, it's, it's there. Right. Can I tell you a great analogy? Yes, please. Get ready. I'm ready. Okay. So I was doing a gig in upstate New York, possibly your future home. (laughs) And I was driving with like four comics and we started talking about professional wrestling. And one of the comics is like, 
big fan. The other one hates it. One of the com- then the, the other guy goes, well, the guy who hates it goes, well, you know, it's fake, right, man? And the other comic countered immediately. And he's like, bro, that's such a lame, boring argument. And then he just goes, everything is wrestling. And I think that that is just how I've been seeing this industry. Like everybody's presenting something in all elements of our lives. We're all playing some kind of role. Look at politics. I mean, come on. That's, it's such, it's so presentable and it often happens in spirituality, but what I've really, really gotten down on recently, and I've had some big realizations since we've last talked, no big deal, is like (laughs) everyone's presenting a slice of themselves anyways. So it's just like, do you resonate with that slice and also know that it's not the full picture? Somebody who I really love and admire in the space recently posted an amazing video about how her son has been in and out of jail. And I'm like, I'm so glad she did that because she presents this very put together side. But yeah. just know that like people are multifaceted and sometimes when they hit the end button on their Instagram live videos, they might be looking hot, but they're, they're going to like go throw up and be like, I fucking hate myself. Like that's also possible. Yeah. And it's po- and it's just important for us to constantly check in with that with everybody in our lives. And I, that's partly what I do on my podcast. Should I talk some more? <laughs> yeah, just talk away. But I will throw in a few things, which is yeah, I completely agree with you. And that's actually a lot of what when I made Women Waken, when I think of Women Waken, to me, what it really means is what you just described is to me become the human condition where it's like, it's not safe to be my full self, whatever that is. I wouldn't know because I've spent my whole life being told what I am and getting labeled and getting all these ideas and messages about myself that I've used to create my identity. So I I let this sliver show, like I totally micromanage. I'm not saying for myself, I try really hard not to do that. We're all affected, right? None of us. I think you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. I do like I have tried to like share my dirty laundry a little more like in podcast in my solo episodes and be like, I have these problems with dating. I have these problems with insecurity. I used to do this shit that was terrible. And just like be real because, you know, what's yes, when you hide anything that that just contributes to more fabrication to more, you know, being closed off. We need more people to open up, you know, so yeah. So transitioning to dating, like, let's talk about it. Like, Let's talk about people being on dating apps and seeing dating profiles. You are seeing, speaking of slices, the almost best representation of that person in those images, in those quotes that encapsulates about one one hundredth, one one thousandth of who they really are. So that's another good example of like, yes, they could be these things, but also know that they're a whole fuckload of other things. And that's also okay. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot in our industry and just life in general about everybody. And it should make people feel good, not bad. Because I think what happens is we see these slices. Look at how you look at how we compare ourselves on Instagram. And we're like, here's a perspective of one person's very specific, tiny representation of their life. And we're like, well, their life's better than mine. Fuck me. Everyone's going to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it, it, we can't help but let it impact how we feel about ourselves, about yes. whether or not we measure up. I mean, it's the fucking worst where you're like, you're, tr- you're finally like feeling good about yourself. And then you look at someone else and you're like, they're so fucking awesome. They're so, they're so much better than me. <laughs> like, I guess I suck. And that's another weird concept. We've had this sort of like zero sum game where it's like, if someone's awesome, then I suck more. Yeah. If someone is really, that's really funny. I'm not. And it's, Sucks to that's live. really funny that's a great point why does it have to be like that if someone's like all of a sudden crushing their life well then it must mean that your your life sucks that's yeah. hilarious so another thing i want to ask brendan i love having guys on the show Can't you, wait. on your when i was on your podcast you 
Effie, I made a joke about how wouldn't it be funny if women wake him was just all talking about dudes. <laughs> and I would honestly like to because dudes fascinate me because yeah. to me, they operate so differently from like being in a woman's mind is like such a crazy making land that to me, men right. are fascinating. So here's my question. Men in dating, Great. men in spirituality. Is it possible for men to meet and try to get to know a woman and genuinely respect them without thinking... I want to fuck them. Wow. First of all, I couldn't hear you because I was just thinking about having sex with tons of women. <laughs> Second of all, um, <laughs> so I do think it's almost exactly inverted, which is kind of how we talked about in our podcast. I think women like kind of want to get to know a guy first, then sort of invite them in. And guys, it's almost an immediate visceral reaction. Here's a great example. Try this out for a fun little experiment. Go to a beach with a group of guys, okay? <laughs> Make sure you're not alone with this, this group. Make sure it's not the entire New York Knicks. Make sure it's like, you know, just a safe place for you. <laughs> now, take this is going to get graphic. Not that. No, it's not. It's okay, okay. Get graphic. Then take off your top. Like the way that like girls do, which is the most adorable thing ever, where they switch their hands. Because no guy takes their shirt off like that. But girls do. Imagine. So fucking cute. It's Unveiling. incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. And just watch the insane silence that goes over every guy. <laughs> there is a silent, frozen, stunning. You're like, oh, it's like you get shot with a dart where you almost don't even think. And every guy this happens to. And it's so universal with guys that like we'll even quietly make eye contact with each other where we're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean we don't respect you. It just means like, that's what draws us in first. And I think it's kind of awesome. Cause that it's good that we talk about this on in our episode. It's good that we're not the same. Yeah. So yeah, I think that wait to not want to fuck them. No, my answer is no to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a better word though. Respect is not maybe the best word is, I guess the word is interest. Cause sometimes you can talk to a guy and feel like they are, they'll be like, yeah, that's really interesting. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, they don't fucking think that's interesting at all. They mm. think that my cleavage is interesting or like potentially fucking me is interesting, but what I actually do and think. But what are you talking about? If you're talking about your dreams from last night, no, I'm out. That's boring as fuck. It no, depends like on if I'm talking about my perspective, right? On spirituality, oh. or like, like sports. I mean, really anything. I feel like some men are just like, uh-huh, yeah. It's completely predicated on the guy. Like that's... Yeah. It's totally possible. Like, absolutely. There are so many good guys. And here's the thing, like, when a girl does do that and you're really interested by them, it's the most magnetic shit in the world. Like, it's amazing. So yeah. it's not, no, I don't think every guy's like, shut the fuck up so I can fuck you. Like, especially <laughs> as you get older, that's like some demon yeah. seed that you have inside yourself from like ages 15 to 28. You're just like an irrational douchebag. Okay. So then but there I, is some truth to it. Like I'm not trying to be, yeah. you know, like a man hater at all. It's just a curiosity of mine. I'm like, what is it like in there for men? Like, is it, does it just, is there a time zone where like, that's really all you can <laughs> think about? And then you're like, oh wait, there's a human being here too. Or is it like, Eastern's, or can it's, you it's Eastern like, fucking wow. time. Yeah. It's Eastern fucking time. <laughs> No, like a hundred percent. If I was at a party and a girl was hot, but very uninteresting, I wouldn't want to talk to her after a while. I don't care. Like I, I don't, I don't. And I think that a lot of guys feel that way, especially as you get older, because it just gets exhausting that like need to chase and fuck like, no, that gets so tiring and it's not fulfilling. Now, could it still happen at a bar? Yeah. But there's, 
It's a lot. I think it's a lot not as aggressive as people think it is, especially as we get older. And I, I really can't stress that enough. Like age comes some wisdom where you're able to be like, as a guy, you're like, okay, hold on. <laughs> Do I actually find this person interesting or am I just trying to have sex with them? And the answer is like being able to regulate that is incredible. Yeah. Then you're not being stupid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, now let me kind of bring in an, another perspective. It hits on back to the analogy of like the girl taking her top off. So here's yeah. another thing. So women notice, of course, right, that men have a men are always going to react a little bit to how you look and thinking about sex. Okay, it almost sounds like a, a little hump they have to get over, and then they can like re-engage. But here's the thing: is that of course, when you're speaking from a woman's perspective, the main thing is to just kind of like not be too tied into that. Like let men do what they do, but keep your own grounding. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's a very advanced view. Like, here's the thing that I want to shed some light on about women that I'd be curious to get your perspective or if you've noticed it, it can feel very powerful to look a certain way and feel like you totally entrance somebody. Does that make sense? Yeah. You guys are like goddesses. You guys yeah. have a super power, <laughs> a superhero power. That way. You can feel like you're like, and I will now wield my magic to. But it's, you know, it is good. But also I've seen women like fuck with guys. And yes. also, so I also don't want to make to. like guys are innocent actors here too. <laughs> so that's, that's the kind of thing I'm wanting to get into is this balance that I've talked to a lot of my friends and women about is when we, I feel like it's when men are kind of trying to shift from that place of, okay, yes, I am very attracted to women. I it's, you know, alluring, but I also want to see them for who they are. And I want mm. to um, evolve, right. Mature for women. It, you know, a lot of the times we say, well, I don't want to be objectified. I don't want to be this or that, but then there's a part of us that still wants to use our magic. You know what I'm saying? That still yeah. wants to be like, but I want to be able to, you know, take my top off and still have any, everybody look at me. So I feel like it's, this. Well, it's like the Instagram post thing. Like women yes. will be like, yeah, women will be like, yeah, I don't want to be objectified. And then it's them bent over in a bikini with a Gandhi quote. Because they're going like, to get 7,000 likes. You're like, that's a little like confusing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I don't know. What do you what do you want me to say here other than keep posting those photos? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm asking if men know if that's ever confusing for men because i feel oh. like women can give conflicting messages where it's like see me for who i am but also be mesmerized by my beauty and my attributes and and i think there's a, definitely a balance but yes. i don't know i guess i'm offering this because i think to be fair to men it is something that women can kind of switch up yes about, you know yeah no and i think like also what becomes dangerous is if the guy actually finds the woman attractive and he's into her personality wise a woman can almost and this has happened to me keep you at an arm's distance by luring you in with their seduction and then as soon as you get closer stepping back you know like okay i'll yeah. lure you in you get close no sorry too close like it's the con it's the constant kind of push and pull and i've seen women do this my one of my best friends said that she's a master manipulator of men and i've seen her do it to guys that are like, I love you so much. And then she's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. and then he gets, then she like, the guy gets close and she's like, sorry, we're going. And I'm like, you bastard. But, but I get it. I mean, we're all kind of doing this dance and it's all yeah. good. We're all kind of figuring it out. I guess that's my point to bringing this up is we're all kind of trying to work. We're alchemists, right? We're trying to work with, you yeah. know, who am I spiritually, but also, I don't know. And then the other thing about women is like, we are very powerful beings and we are meant to attract like all the, you know, yes. legends and 
stories of goddesses is they were meant to receive and to draw things in. So we're meant to be alluring and interesting and beautiful. So we don't want to shut that down. But at the same time, in our modern world, we felt that it's, that's all we are in mm. a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I totally think that's, no, I think it's a really good point. And it is a delicate balance. I guess for guys, we'll just be on the side, just thinking about coming. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so then the other side, the other flip part is that sometimes it can feel like men who are trying to be emotional are just doing that to connect with women, to tap yes. into women's like, oh, I'm, I'm like really, you know, soft and considerate. But then it turns out that they're, I mean, because sometimes it does happen. They're only doing that to like, reel you in so i have some i have some red flags for women okay because i've seen this firsthand and i have not done this i'm not a perfect man by any stretch of fucking imagination i'm happy to talk about my flaws but i have not done this because it's super goddamn manipulative and that is love bombing a woman if a guy within the first like two weeks first of all tells you he loves you get the fuck out of there second of all makes all these future plans says all this stuff about their your guys' commitment and how committed he is to you and how he's getting off the apps. Run a thousand times <laughs> and never look back because he's completely love bombing the shit out of you and it's not real and he's overcompensating for the fact that he's probably doing the very behavior that he's saying he's not doing. Yeah. So, and it's, and je overly jealous guys, it's oftentimes because they're doing the thing too. So that's another one. So I just want to, you know, make women more scared out there. So it's great. But, no, but this is good because you got to like, I get how we can get so intertwined, but guys can super manipulate women with commitment and promises of like, yeah, yeah like promises of commitment or promises of dedication early on. Like that shit can come later for sure. And it's absolutely real. But if a guy early on is telling you that he loves you and then he's like, after date two, he's like, I got off all the apps, I would... I would run so hard. <laughs> okay, good insight. And but I think it's also okay. So speaking of spirituality, you moved into more spiritual realm. Yeah, I think that sometimes it can be hard for women to trust that because you see a couple things. Some men will take on a spiritual path just sometimes it's ego. I think there's definitely some gurus out there. Obviously, there's cult leaders, yeah. <laughs> both men yeah. and women, obviously. But they're like, "Ooh, here's something that'll really reel them in." You know, it's I'll seem like I know more than them. I can tell them the truth about life and themselves, and I can get them under my thumb and make a lot of money, get a lot of power. That's yeah. one disconcerting thing. Then there's the route of just sort of, okay, well, I'll just play into this because I'll get the chicks, like a guy who goes to a yoga class because you get to see women in like their yoga pants. That is amazing. It. Yeah, it's incredible. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who doesn't <laughs> like it? We all like it, the cleavage and the butt and all the good stuff. But some guys are just like, I'll pretend. So, but then there's the genuine people who are like, hey, I'm just another human that's trying to figure this shit out. And I really do have spiritual feelings. But I'll admit that as a woman, I you can feel a little reluctant to trust that, to trust that there is a spiritual asshole out there that actually is like curious about these things and not just trying to, you know, connect with women in that way or connect with other people in that way that's not so helpful. yeah i'd be weary if a guy comes up to you and he's like oh sorry i dropped my crystal what zodiac <laughs> sign are you oh yeah you know yeah. leo's in retro whatever the fuck you guys say but uh <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't really think there's a lot of those guys i think it's just like trust your intuition for fraudulent people in general like just as much yeah. as there's spiritual people that might be in it to hit hit put, like hit find women 
there's other people also doing manipulative shit, showing off how rich they are. Like it's, it's all just like, do you trust them as an authentic person? You know, yeah. and you talk about guys going to yoga classes. I did that in New York. I think it wasn't mostly for the women, but it was certainly a big part of it, <laughs> but it's also okay. You know, we can be bunched of things at once. I think as long as your intentions are good. Yeah. Okay, but I don't want you to feel like, you, like, do you personally feel like when you go out and meet dudes, you're like on high alert? Not on, I am once I get into discussion with them where I'm like, is this real? Like, are they really asking about this because they want to know or because they feel like it's making me feel more comfortable with them, more interested in them, more, more trusting that they are actually, you know, into me rather than just wanting to sleep with me. I will say that I have those thoughts pretty often where mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know if this person is asking me about my travels and my life and all this because they genuinely care or because they're just like, uh-huh, whatever. I'm, you know, getting her more interested in me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts on that. I'm trying to okay. be as clear as possible because it's going to get a little confusing possibly. First of all, I would take the 100% Machiavellian route on that, which is, am I Whitney comfortable with this person? I don't actually yeah. really care about their intentions or whether or not they're wh why they're doing things. Cause a part of you will feel that already. And second of all, whether or not they're doing things because it's authentic or they're trying to fuck you, it doesn't actually really matter because all of us are kind of projecting a vision of what we want anyways. So that's what this guy is probably doing no matter what. So he's like, I have a vision of how this might go. And then you have a vision how that might go. And to get into like what their vision is or what their intentions are, that's just a sloppy fucking mess. That's not your job. Yeah. I really feel like tuning into the authenticity of this person and they will show you pretty early on what they're really about. And like, if red flags start popping up, I would just not ignore them. But it's tough. One thing I think that's tough about dating older, <laughs> dating when you get older and have a joke about this, is it's like everybody then starts becoming on high alert. And you're like, well, I have all this baggage and all these things happen to me. Therefore, you're going to do these things. And I'm like, that's not true. And that sucks because you're now pulling that past into your now reality, which is an objective reality. Yeah. This current moment is neutral. But when you bring in 15 years of relationship history of quote being fucked or whatever, however people talk that sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, so how can we be wise, but also not jaded? I think that that's the fine line. Yeah. And I think that that comes down a lot to, um, making peace with ourselves and yeah. learning to, cause I think a lot of our anger about failed dating or relationships or lack of love is a total belief in a lack in ourselves that we're not enough that if we were a little bit better a little bit more this or that that we would have found it but the reality is that we're each on our unique path and i personally believe that every dating and relationship situation teaches you more in a short yeah. amount of time than almost anything else in this world because you're when you meet someone you're being mirrored in a lot of ways you're you're forced to face concepts and you know notions ideas hurts that you have that you wouldn't otherwise face so it's never wasted. And it's when they don't work out, it's just because it that's what it was. That situation was meant for what it happened. It was meant to bring up yeah. challenges. We're all taking all of this way too seriously. <laughs> yeah. I remember Jim Carrey was dating Linda Ronstead, some famous singer. They dated for a year. He's like, we were out together. We had one moment, we looked at each other and we're like, I think this is done. And it's like, Think about 
how much psychic energy I've thought about breakups in women. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a <laughs> the lot. universe doesn't see and it's and then there's no such thing as timetables. It's whatever I know people that have spent five years getting over breakup. Yeah. I just talked to Mia Lux, who was married to a pretty famous dude in the self-help world for two years, three years. During the pandemic, they got a divorce, consciously uncoupled. I talked to Mia recently again. She's insanely happy and engaged to a new guy. So like anything is possible. There are no timetables. I just think like psychic torture, and I'm really on this tip now because I just had this amazing therapy session, is the actual problem. Person's not the problem. Like the the machinations and the like, should I have done this and the past and blah, blah, blah. Like none of that matters. It's all not helpful. And I have friends, I have a friend who was dating this guy and the whole time she was complaining about his behavior. And I was like, you're like a detective looking to find the bad thing so that you can be ready if he leaves. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that sucks, man. <laughs> but that's all you. That's all in your head. You don't have to do that. Right. A lot of us are scared of getting hurt again. And I get it. Or we have walls up because of how we got hurt. So I get all that. But I just think like, that's not normal. Right. We can be open up entirely for what anything is possible like any kind of love you want any kind of connection you want any kind of hookup you want if you just stop getting in your own way yeah but i think i do think it comes back again to needing to be on good terms with yourself because yeah, when you're at that place you can then you can more easily say you know what there just isn't a connection here there i just don't i don't really yeah. feel my intuition is saying like not really but if your intuition is saying yes, but your fears are coming up, then you can see that like your friend and be like, I'm questioning their behavior. I'm maybe trying to like find problems where there's not. And that's where I think communication comes in. Because if you have a good thing going, but you feel this sort of old habits come up, you need to be like, hey, you don't text me for like a day at a time. And it kind of makes me feel a certain way. What's up with that? Yeah. You know? Just to check in about it and not be like, well, and write a whole story about him because of that. Write a whole story. Yeah. Make a 12 act play, as they say, four act yeah. play, whatever well, first, it is. Yeah. He's, he's texting five other women and he slept with two people last night and now, and he hates me. <laughs> <laughs> you can make up like a whole thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I could not, I totally agree. That's completely what I was, that's completely what I was saying is that like the, the you not being okay with either uncertainty or like your current reality or yourself is causing you to create all of these narratives that aren't even true in the first place. Yeah. Well, even just talking to you makes me rekindle my appreciation for the male perspective and energy, because, you know, you're basically just saying if a guy seems like a superficial asshole, walk away. Don't <laughs> yeah. And all if, elements if guy, of everything. If a guy yeah. seems like he's a liar and a manipulator, walk away. Don't. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm here to really bring back straight white men. We need to come back. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Okay. Now let's go into another realm, which is, so you are a comedian. Yes. You're a writer. You're a comedian. It's, yes. interesting. it's wonderful to merge the two worlds, but I will say something. I did stand-up comedy one time. Great. And um, I did a, whatchamacallit, open mic night, yeah. amateur night. It was terrible. It went up in flames. <laughs> it was awful, Brendan. How long did you do? It was four minutes. 
I yeah. tend to be a very literal person. So I put together four exact minutes of jokes. I can like, see you doing like, that. Con- like condensed, <laughs> thick as fuck, just like start to finish. Brennan, I got up there and I look like a fucking like wind up toy. Like I just, just like came out with all these jokes and at one second I looked yeah. out the crowd and everyone looked like uncomfortable and confused. So and where like, was this? It was at Rooster Tea Feathers in San Jose. San, San Jose? Uh-huh, California. Okay, how many people were in the crowd? you know, 20 or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So needless to say I finished and nobody laughed. And I was like, that was terrible. And to be honest, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody I knew because I was like, I would rather go to an amateur night at a strip club with mm. my friends there than go to amateur night at a uh, comedy place. Cause I feel comedy is very vulnerable, almost more vulnerable than your naked body. If you bomb after a set, it's like you have a radioactive substance on you and everyone's like, oh no, don't touch me. <laughs> that's, okay, so that's what I was going to get to is yeah. that ironically, comedy is based in jokes and laughter, which is supposed to be about joy and stuff, but comedy is kind of a dark world. It's the dark arts. Um, <laughs> it's basically witchcraft. No, I would say that it's gotten a lot better, but when I started, it was very intense in the darkness. I was not ready for, I had no idea. Cause like my whole, everybody's perspective of stand up That's not in standup is like Jerry Seinfeld on TV, which is not even stand up. They're like, Hey, I love, I love comedy. I love Seinfeld. I'm like, that's not okay. That's, that's a show. But there is this whole other world of open mics and bitter comics and self doubt that I opened up a fucking Pandora's box and it was really rough and it was very masochistic and looking back in hindsight, which I just said to not do. Uh, yeah, it was really rough. <laughs> I took, I had my buddy come do my friend who like encouraged me to start doing comedy. He came out to New York to visit me and I took him to a mic I was doing afterwards. He was like, not nah, joke. He's like, Hey man, are you okay? <laughs> That's how dark this shit was. It's gotten a lot better. I've heard. Cause I don't do mics anymore. Cause mics are comedy is crazy in the sense that, you're basically my friend used this great analogy it's like if a t-baller was facing major league pitching you're basically facing your hardest audiences when you are the worst Mm -hmm. so open mic audiences are the worst audiences ever and you're also the worst at doing comedy it makes no sense (laughs) so that's why like i always encourage people to start a show do i mean you could do bringers are okay it's where you have to bring your friends but it's kind of a scam do one or two bringers do your best to start a show to get a gauge of what a real audience is because comics are not going to laugh often often sometimes they do and if they do laugh it's usually at dark shit so that's not exactly indicative of the larger audience at whole but shit has really changed since TikTok and the internet like you almost don't even need to do stand-up anymore you can just make funny videos and just sell out it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> so it being a, a dark arts and people laughing at some of like the darker stuff so well, I want to find out more about when you got on your spiritual path, but talking more about spirituality and comedy to be a comedian, do you think you can do it without being self-deprecating and without kind of not really honoring and respecting yourself? Because sometimes it does seem to get the biggest laugh because people like to be able to laugh at other people, right? Like, oh, well, they said it. They, they said something embarrassing. Now we can laugh at him. But what it really is, is it's equalizing you to the audience. So already when you're performing, you're kind of on a pedestal. People are, you're literally on a physical pedestal. People are looking up to you. 
So that you're already putting yourself in a position of power. But when you self-deprecate, you equalize yourself to the audience and you punch down versus punching up. I'll say this though, there are some really successful comics who go the other route where they're over the top braggy and like, I'm perfect, but that's their shtick and the audience gets it. Anthony Jeselnik is, is one example. He's a great joke writer and his whole thing is like, I'm fucking perfect, dude. <laughs> and people are along for that ride because that's his, that's his persona. But the reason why self-deprecating humor works is because the audience then could like see you at their level and it's often shit that they themselves have done anyways. All comedians are doing is saying what everybody is thinking, but nobody's saying. That's all that's happening. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I've experienced that or, but yeah, that's, that's often why I think it works. Yeah. And you know, when you say that, I realize it doesn't mean it can't be a part of a spiritual experience because, you know, again, like relaying even just the the stuff that we've been through, that's maybe embarrassing to admit. I, you know, I make jokes all the time about stuff that I've done in my life that was shameful or embarrassing. And it's not self-deprecating. It's just honestly sharing about that's where I was at when I was 24, you know, that's where I was at at this point in my life. And it's, you know, I think it's healthy and okay to share it. Yeah. Someone said like, as long as you're not using the stage as therapy, like, and if you've worked it out, which I have done, by the way, I've like gone through breakups and been like, I'm going through a breakup. Was it <laughs> like, helpful? Was that helpful at all? Be able no, to put that out? No, no. Why not? No. Because that's not the venue for it. Like no one's talking back to you. It's like if you just like went outside and shouted, I'm going through a breakup. <laughs> um, Did you get like crickets on those shows where people just like, oh shit, this guy's really uh, having a hard time. This was a cool story. And this happens sometimes in standup. I was bombing with my act. And then I just started getting really honest. And then everyone started liking it. And that is again a rare thing the crazy thing about comedy is that you have an idea as to how it's going to go but you will never know you never actually know and you will never know until you're up there so sometimes you're up there and you're like i'm doing my act it's terrible i have i have to switch it up or my act is going amazing like it's crazy but that's what makes it so exciting too though because you can change it at any moment have you always been spiritually inclined like since a young age did you when did you start comedy versus the spiritual asshole podcast like when did that become more a part of your life well I was raised Catholic and that was some spirituality of the darkest arts <laughs> that's one thing that I guess I could hopefully say soon that it's out of my system Springsteen says it never actually leaves you but that's so dark it has to leave me no no thank you um and then I just like went kind of like on a search journey for spirituality because I knew that there was something else. So I was bouncing around going to crazy churches. I would go to like an all black church. I would go to like a revivalist church. I would go to just crazy shit. I would join these groups. It sounds like I was looking for a cult, but <laughs> I was looking for cults. But it wasn't until I discovered the secret in 2007 that it put me down this path. And then the whole time that I was working at comedy, I was going really deep into stuff help visualization gratitude stuff and i was like well i just should just fuse two of my favorite things because i think as you know if you're gonna do a podcast it's a lot of work some people are like i'll start a fun little podcast about stamps and i'm like that's great but you have to love stamps like if i'm gonna do this i have to love every second and like these are my two favorite things so that's why i did it cool 
And then what has become your kind of spiritual, what do you prescribe to? What are your beliefs? What, cause you said, I mean, if you start in something like Catholicism and a really ancient, you know, deeply rooted religion that has very specific popes popes and like (laughs) dogma and all that, what did you come to feel most connected with? And like, what kind of led you and how would you describe this shift from religion into spirituality? Great question. Let's go deep. Let's go there. My current spirituality is girls at the beach. (laughs) Taking their shirts. (laughs) That's it. Uh, That's it. I basically discovered, I used to think that like God was in church or God was in people that were quote, living the right way. Now I believe the exact literal opposite. (laughs) I think that God is everywhere and I don't even have to say God. And I think that there is endless potentiality and beauty in everything that you could find so much love in a strip club. You could find so much love in a dog, which I do every day. So, and what I love the most is like, I can say my journey, the last three years of doing my podcast, I have really changed. And I feel like I'm like in a new phase of changing right now as we speak. And it's great. And like, that's what's just going to continue to happen because you're an endlessly unfolding being. It's always progress. It's always evolving. You can't fight that. You can try to block it, but it's just, you're always evolving. So I don't really know that I would say my ethos is other than like the ocean. <laughs> And I, but I, it's a deep belief in connecting to spirit, but I don't really know that there is a quote right way to do that. Yeah. Well, I would, you know, spirituality is pretty expansive and that there is no limit to it. And that, that's sort of the nature of it, in my opinion, is that it's whatever feels true to you, whatever feels yeah. like your, you connect with, that feels, that resonates, that rings true for you. Yeah, spirituality is and it's you're just like pulling from the crayon box and drawing your own picture of it you know there's and that's what i like about it because when people are like oh well i do this and so i'm spiritual like you said like going to a strip club can be spiritual you know i also like that i don't have to go to church every sunday i can wake up at fucking 10 30 and i'm like yo this is gonna be a great sunday well what do you think i'd be curious your idea i've one of the things i'd like to do before i die is so I, I was never religious, but I did do AA for many years. Oh, yeah, that's right. Recovery. Which is similar. Yeah, it's it has a lot of the same tenants, right? It has. And after like four years and I was like, I appreciate it, but I'm done with it. I'm ready to move yeah. away from it because it felt a little too like that's this good is for what you. you stay in line with. And I got so much good out of it. I think it saved a lot of lives, but I was just like ready to go. But ever since then, I'm like, I wish that there was something like this. Because I think the biggest power of AA or church is just human connection. It's yeah, no, I think com- I think the community element of church of religion is amazing. Like, and there are I've been going to Agape occasionally out here, which is okay. founded by yeah Michael Beckwith, who's the yeah. absolute man. And seeing him speak, he's insane. He's so magnetic. And I was just like, this dude looks like he's from the Matrix because he's transformed the Matrix. He's transcended <laughs> it. But. uh yeah, no, I think I, I, and I asked Agape, I'm like, do you guys do like small groups? Cause that's those services are like three hours long. And I was like, guys, I don't have three hours in me. And then my friend just told me about this Buddhist meditation group that happens in South Pasadena every Saturday that I might start checking out. Community is so important. So if that's why you're there and I don't even want to shit on religion. I, that's not what I, I, I kind of used to want to do it. I still think I have massive problems with Catholicism and Christianity in general, but it's not helping me. And some people are like really happy Christians. 
and they're not, they don't have 25 children. So I think <laughs> like the Duggars. So I think that, yeah, if that's what you're down for, man, that's great, but you don't need it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, basically it's it's spirituality with like a box around it right yeah it's like that's trying a great claim a stake of like here's what it is when that's like great. spirituality is totally fluid i heard someone say recently that your spirit is even bigger than your body and i was like oh i love that like it can't even be contained in your own body so why the fuck would it be contained in a church that you had where a guy's wearing a really stupid hat <laughs> Yeah, no, it's massive. I, a, a book that I read described, cause we always think of like our soul as being in like inside of us. Yeah. But I heard that it's actually, our soul is what even holds our physical body together. Like it's like just the, that's it, cool. It holds it and, but then it extends beyond it infinitely because it's just, you know, using like the ocean analogy, like we're a wave in the ocean. So it's like the soul is holding our unique wave, but then mm. it also extends to the entire ocean beyond us. Yeah, and if I was to just get back to shitting on religion, I <laughs> back to basically what you said, I think it's all pretty, yeah, a lot of it's just boxing you into anything. My friend went to an event recently where they were debating on like who's being a good Jewish person versus not based on like whether or not they're Jews for Jesus. And I'm just like, yo, this is all a waste of time. <laughs> we don't have to do any of this. Like, and it's so human. It's so deeply tribal. It's where I find the most tribalism. And I think that's my biggest problem, I guess. I don't want to say problem, but is like, okay, so they're the good team. We're the bad team. Like this is as old as time and like that, those things. And it's like, yeah. we got to move past this dichotomy in, in politics, in religion. It's where you find it the most or like nationalism. They're the bad country. We're the good country. It's like, guys, this is exhaust. Like we don't have to do this anymore. We're better than this. Yeah. So how do you think we start to move in that direction? You know, I think that just by you and me continuing our podcasts alone, we will fix this. <laughs> just, just the two of us, just our shows are going <laughs> to just no, like yeah, for trail. sure. Hey, women, everybody. women really waken. That's going to be the sequel. Spiritual, the most asshole is my sequel. <laughs> I think that I'm insanely optimistic for the future. Sure. I think that. I mean, other than AI, that's a different discussion. <laughs> but I oh, think. Oh gosh. Um, but I think that, well, people said they're like the equinox thing, right? Or what, what is it? The age of Aquarius? Yes, we're in the age of Aquarius. Which is like the big awakening. And I think if you really look at our country, I can't speak to every country, old systems are breaking down significantly. If you look at church attendance, religious attendance, it is massively declining. Yeah. I think in like five to 10 years, it's going to be, people are barely going to be going to church. The atheists... Uh, the number of people who identify as atheists has gone up like a hundred percent in 10 years. I just don't think people want to be associated with boxes anymore as much. And it's only becoming more that way because we're getting whiffs of the fact that we're actually infinite and not like these things. We're not these labels. We're not these identities. Yeah. So then what, what do you think we do we could use because if we're all jumping ship from religion that's great but I, again i think that human connection is important and yeah. if we can let go of like the tenants like who's the better jew or christian but just gather together to 
celebrate life, celebrate expression, celebrate each other. That's different. Like just to, cause there's, you know, one thing I did like about AA is that if I was having a shit day, I could go there and I could speak and someone would be like, thank you. I re- relate to that. Yeah. that human connection, like literally fucking opened my heart. Like I would be like, oh my God, like now I'm, I feel like I could go fly and I feel so great and connected to the world. And that's a good feeling that it's we don't feeling. get a lot of, right? Because yeah, we're no, very disconnected. I think you need to find your communities. I don't want to say yeah. tribe. And I think that, but it doesn't matter. You could say tribe. I think it's important to find where you, where you get that from. For me, it's been protesting with the Writers Guild. Like I go and I'm like, these are kind of my people. And I don't think that we're better than anybody else. I, we don't sit around talking about how we're going to cause harm on other people and other people are failing other than maybe the CEO of Warner Brothers. But I do think like it's really important to find community. I couldn't possibly agree more, but I think gathering places, I treat concerts like a religion. Like I really do. Like I'm going to see Spring Scene in three weeks and like that's my people. Like that's my place. <laughs> and like, like I but I totally agree. And you actually, there's a part of your brain that gets like rewarded, like dopamine when you are, when you do have that human connection and you do have that contact. So I would love to see maybe gathering events where people just pull the best tenets of everything. I think that's kind of what Agape is. Like he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jewish stuff, but it's also still very general. Who's speaking though? Cause then that's the other issue is sometimes I wonder, it seems like almost any community that forms like yeah. automatically humans form a hierarchy. We yeah. Tend, it's what we've known. And, you know, someone's at the top and it's like my friends and I had this discussion, like, can you build an intentional community, right? Like housing crisis is a real thing. We're trying to house more, but when you get like 10 people together, it's fucking like Lord of the Rings a lot of the time. Like it doesn't <laughs> often work out well, you know, sometimes yeah. it does, it's hard. Yeah. Like I heard Jeff Tweedy say he's the lead singer of Wilco. Even a circle has a center. Yeah. Even places that you're like, we're all equal, something's still going to emerge. I think it's not going to be perfect. And that's fine, too. Yeah, Michael Beckwith is talking like a lot. But I also think he's representing a lot of voices mm-hmm. for me. Like, I, that's how I see him. And that dude's so deeply knowledgeable. But if you're like, I'm not comfortable with only a guy speaking every week, I totally get that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. And hopefully there are places where like just women are talking then too, like your podcast. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, I think it's, we're better off in groups. We're better off in communities as long as it doesn't become this us versus them mentality. Yeah. Well, on that note of women speaking, I would love to hear what is your definition view perspective of the divine feminine? What does that mean to you? Just super hot. <laughs> Dude, that chick's super hot. Dude, yo, We're she's divine, divine and fucking divine feminine to me. I'm picturing like a really like ethereal woman on a beach, and she's just like basically translucent. She's got all these like bracelets on, and she's basically just made of silk. And she's just like coming in and out of the atmosphere, and she's just like, come this way. And I'm like, okay. I got to <laughs> whatever you want. But you're thinking about sex, right? You're like, okay, we're going to go get it. I don't know. I don't, cause I don't even know if this is, this could be a ghost. It could be a goblin. I mean, I'm not against fucking a goblin, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, I would, yeah, I mean, uh... <laughs> but I think a softness, I, when I think of divine feminine, I think of like a real sweet softness. I think about somebody who's like 
so cute. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking this in terms of like attraction. Yeah, but you're I still going there. <laughs> oh, all I can think about is girls. That's okay, let's, and let's pull it back more. If we're talking about energy, let's say any yeah. sort of image and you know, it's just like this blob. It's just not even ethereal silk, you know, it's just a blob. What, like if there were essences of it, like what would it be to you? Like if you're like, huh, that feels very feminine, very divine. Like if someone acts in a certain way or if you have a certain experience, do you ever feel like that feels more, that feels different than the typical, what I would call masculine energy? Been to a lot of sports games, so it's hard for me to imagine the opposite. <laughs> but I would say it's somebody who like, can just sort of have a majestic quality. And I do think the receiving thing is, is important. I see that happening too. Like some, like this really ugly ass blob is just chilling back, ugly as fuck, receiving everything they want. I think that's an important part of divine feminine. I think yeah. is like floating. I said, how about that floating in an ocean as an ugly ass blob, getting everything you want. Yeah. Yeah. No that's what I think. And that, that is sort of the idea of feminine versus masculine is, you know, feminine is the, it's water, it's flowing. There's no form. It's mm. allowing to, to be with something without any expectations or any needs or any wants. Like you're just having the experience. You're just there. Yeah. Whereas when we get in the masculine, that's to create some structure and space to something so that you have a certain experience. So that's why the two work together. Right. Great. What's your picture of really masculine? What do you picture like Donald Trump? Naked? Oh no. Oh, wow. oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I mean, you know, I'll say I'm pretty traditional in that, you know, I think that I like the idea of a man who's, I mean, I've said like there's a lot that I appreciate about men. And one of them is that they're not, they don't often overcomplicate things. You know, yeah. I can very much overcomplicate things. And when I think of a real man, it's someone who's standing strong in something and it has integrity. Mm. And has some nobility where, okay, let's get this done. Like you can rely on me. I will like, I want to hold space. I want to keep safety. I want to protect. Those are all things that I see as masculine because it is things that by nature, again, if you're like this flowy blob, you're not creating <laughs> structure. You're not creating safety necessarily. You're just like holding the essence, the energy, the space. But the masculine is like something that I'll be here to hear you, to support you, to protect. Those are all pretty traditional masculine qualities, but I dig them. I think that they're important. And that's what I- I think a lot of women dig them. When we keep saying the floaty, massive blob, I keep picturing Brendan Fraser in the whale. Oh, no. Let's just keep seeing that's that. That's what it is. If it's you just... can love that, then you can understand the divine feminine. That's great. I bet you're also going to be thinking a lot about goblin sex now. I know <laughs> goblin I... sex is so funny. I just want to say goblin more. What a fun word. It's such a good word. It's I got to so say great. goblin a lot more. Yeah. Did I Have tell you, you watched... about goblin mode in dating? What's that? Goblin mode. Did we talk about this? No. What is it? Somebody told me, where the fuck did I hear this? Or maybe I read an article about it. I think I was researching for some something I was writing. And I came across, there's a trend called goblin mode in dating. When you, on a first date, you're like, what's up, motherfucker? So here's all my flaws. Here's everything. Like, you just lay it all out. And you just go full goblin. And they're like, listen, yeah, it might fail like 80% of the time. But maybe you'll find your person quicker by just being like, 
they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Those are great. These are all great things. You just show yourself as like the dirty, gross, like slimy creature yeah. that hides under a rock. Oh, disgusting. Like, this is what I really am. But Mia Lux, uh, who I just mentioned earlier, who started a dating app, she basically said that she kind of would go goblin mode, kind of like, here's where I'm at. I'm going through a divorce. I like, I'm interested in you right now, but I don't want to kiss tonight. I'm like, whoa. Because I do think mystery is important, but what would happen if you went full goblin mode? And what would your goblin mode be? Are you asking me that? Or are you asking like rhetorically to the universe? I'm asking you, like if you were to like lay out a couple things, you don't have to get too personal. That's yeah. like goblin-y. What would they be? I mean, I think just being myself is kind of goblin-ish. Um, I, <laughs> I don't have much chill. I'm pretty like, I'm very enthusiastic and energetic. And it, I think it. some guys don't like it. They're like, you're annoying. I've been told I'm annoying a lot. I've been told I'm a spaz <laughs> a lot. And like, you know, I've tried to prove it, but it's really like, talk about divine fantastic. Feminine, talk about being spiritual. Like that's my essence showing. That's my soul. My soul is very excited to be here in like a yeah. lot of situations. It's really effervescent and exuberant. And those are great things. Great. And, you know, I don't want to be back in fourth grade when people are like, you're so dumb and annoying. It's like, no, I'm just fun and cool and go fuck yourself, you know? <laughs> So that would be my full goblin mode. Cool. And they'd be like, I don't even think it's worth trying to fuck because you're too crazy. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> then we, you know, then that's settled. That's why it works. I think you just made a really great case for goblin mode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, so that's I, great. yeah, cause you know what I because my first thought was like, well, what if you what if somebody sees too much goblin mm. and doesn't take time to see more of you? But it's like, then that person's not for you. That's you kind know? of like, what I was saying, yeah. If they're but not it's, it's, to see it. it's, it's great because it's almost the opposite of how we started, which is talking about presenting only the good parts of you on Instagram, like, yeah. or on a dating app, like every photo is you holding like your sister's kid and like, look at this. I'm so good with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and then Goblin Mode's like, all right, here's what's really fucking going on. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to start going more Goblin Mode, just full out, you know, like I, <laughs> anytime I notice that I'm trying to like, because, you know, girls know what to do. We know how to act a certain way that is more easily like we're, we're gonna reel somebody in right yeah but like not i kind of want to be like more of a crazy floppy fish that's like hard to catch where they're like fuck this i'm throwing it back you know <laughs> basically you want to get thrown back in the ocean as much as possible it's great i love it yeah, caught but, and thrown some guys are going to be like damn this fish is feisty like i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, this fish is so this. fun <laughs> the fucked up fish i love it <laughs> Oh my gosh. The title of this episode should be, this is a fucked up fish, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Or, or goblin modes or like why we should only date goblins. Let's just yeah, all be goblins. Why we should all be all goblins. Gross, like scaly, slimy creatures that we just, <laughs> but so lovable, you know? Yeah, man. Come on. It's fine. We're all lovable in our own ways. Yeah, no, I think right? it's great. Always something to find, to love about people. So Brendan, to close this episode, I'd like to ask you what yeah. is what's a spiritual concept that's rocked your world the most? We asked about mm. your spiritual path, but what's something that just we all what? have that one thing that just fucking like reverberates through our soul where we're like, damn, like I like got I cannot tell you how excited I am you asked me this. Yes. We are connected through the goblins. <laughs> I just had an RRT therapy session. RRT, I don't even know what it's I think it's rapid something transformation. Mary Kate is this manifestation person who's really successful. Recommended rapid transformative. Is that Marissa Peer? It might be Marissa Peer too. R R T. Okay. R T. I have net. It was like all therapy that I've done on steroids in two hours. Ooh. Okay. 
Okay. And I'm still like recovering from it in the best way. I, it was so good that I sent some of my session to my friends to be like, listen to this. I would never fucking do that. Like literally <laughs> here are two takeaways that are insanely important and specifically important for people like not to put you with me, but people like you and me Virgos who think a lot. Oh. She said introspection is entirely ineffective because it does not lead to helpful action, helpful and useful action. So if something happens to you, we should all be asking what is a useful or purposeful action in this case, and not like, why did this happen to me? Which is such a big fucking realization for me. I think spirituality has got me a little fucked up in the head thinking like, oh, well, you're manifesting wrong or the universe doesn't think you should have this or the, your destiny is not aligned or you're doing something wrong. I just said that twice. But she's like, after we did all this visualization, all this stuff, she's like, that's not going to happen to you anymore. Now, when things happen to you, you're going to ask yourself like, huh, you're going to get curious and say, what is a helpful and useful action here? How can I proceed forward? Nice. Then she said, this is crazy. She ended on this visualization. Get how cool this is. She's like, okay, I want you to, because I have a some, somewhat of a critical sister. I'm actually being nice now because it's a podcast. She's been critical in the past. So she's like, I'm going about to go on a trip with them. So she's like, I want you to imagine your sister saying something really mean to you. I was like, okay, that's easy. Now I want you to put it in a thought bubble in your head in front of you, what she just said to you. Now, the problem, what happened is though, she said it to you in Chinese but you don't speak Chinese. So I'm like meditating when she's doing this, but you see the thought bubble and it's all in Chinese, but you don't understand it. But there's a, there's a translation, there's a subtitle for you so you can understand it. The subtitle says, I say these things because it makes me feel okay. Like, and she's like, every time that somebody says something mean or, or wrong, like things you don't like to you, think of it that they're saying those things so they can be okay with their reality. That fucking blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that explains everybody's behavior. Like they're not malicious. They're just trying to be okay with how they see the world. Like, yeah. whoa, so good. Wow, that's so powerful. That's awesome. And that told me to stop doing self-work and to go have fun, which no one has ever said in this industry. She's like, you've done enough work. She's like, that's not your job. That's my job. You need to go have fun. And I was like, and she's like, I don't want to see you again. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. Get out of my face. Out yeah, of I'm my also, face. I'm annoyed with you. You went goblin mode on me. I wasn't ready for your <laughs> goblin bullshit. But no, it was incredible. And I think I feel like 20% lighter today. Nice. And I think it's like here to stay. Cause like we did like deep ass spiritual clearing Fantastic. Yeah, wow. So, well, I got to look hope, into that. I hope everybody enjoyed that long rant. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I love, I mean, obviously the, the principle is great because it's essentially moving from victim mode. Cause it, it really is true that any sort of introspection really is kind of like stares down into victimhood, like the victim basement where you're like, damn, like that person said this because of that. And they were right about this and yeah. I shouldn't have done this where you really could just, if you are in action, then you're taking the stairs up, right. To like, okay, that happened. Didn't feel great. I can move on. Yeah, she literally used the example. And this is something that like I have done, not with this exact example, but like if I got a flat tire, I would do this. Like she's like, your stove's on fire. She's like, your stove is literally on fire. 
and you're sitting there and you're going, well, why is it on fire? What have I done for it to be on fire? Is the universe like, is this an, and like, I'm like, I have done that. She's like, how is that? That's not helpful. She's like that. She goes, common sense is fine. Go put out the fire. But like going down the rabbit hole of why did I get the flat tire? Why didn't I get this job? What am I doing wrong? I've been doing that for so long that I'm so good on that. It's not helpful. Yeah. And it's important. Like it's very important, obviously, to be self-aware to a point. If it's hurting you and you're being mean to yourself, like we got to stop that shit. Totally. Totally. Well, that's fantastic, Brendan. I, there's something going on. There's something in the air, big revelations and life changes and new chapters are like, it's the thing right now. That's great. I feel awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been fun to collaborate again. If people would like to hear your podcast, find out more about you, how can they do that? Check it out on Instagram at, at the underscore Brennan Fitzgibbons. Also Spiritual Asshole on every podcast or spiritualasshole.com. Come say hi. I love hearing from people. If you have any guest suggestions and I have great videos on YouTube too. Check me out. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, Brendan. Woo! That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.